0: Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Hark. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. SoupX, the Startup Expo, North America's premier startup conference, is March 6th and 7th, 2017, in sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Affordably priced, Supex is a two-day international conference featuring workshops, panels, speeches, a $50,000 startup competition, and over 100 exhibitors. For more information, go to sup-x.org. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Aaron Itzkowitz. He's the CEO at Jingles. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. We, we actually met at uh, the Startup Expo in, in February, and I you know I, I thought... You guys had an interesting platform and you're finally launched now, so, you know, I thought get you on the show, but maybe before we kind of get into the platform, um, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up.
1: Sure. I grew up in New York. Okay. And uh, I went to uh, a local college called Brooklyn College many years ago. What did you take there? Uh, First, like all like all nice Jewish boys, my mother wanted me to become a doctor. Sure, so I, okay. started pre-med. I started <laughs> pre med. I started pre med. Okay, but I think I I think I dropped the courses after the first week.
0: Really, and then
1: I realized, yeah, why? It I just just it was wasn't for, for me. I always I always loved business. I was always an entrepreneur. I was that kid in elementary school who would figure out how to buy Kit Kat bars and sell them to their classmates.
0: Sure, got you. I got you. Okay, so you you took business then in university. I did. Okay, I took and, business
1: courses. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, and so you you got your your degree. You came, you got out of school. What did you end up doing?
1: I worked in a family business okay. for seventeen years. Okay, and mm-hmm.
0: yeah, keep going, Sorry.
1: Uh, Oh, sure, no problem. That business was uh, the picture framing business, contract picture framing specifically. So what we did was, if you see artwork hanging in hotel rooms, or if you'd go on QVC, home shopping network, or mail order companies uh, like framed decor, framed prints, sure, our comp our company manufactured that.
0: Okay, very cool. And and so after 17 years, you were d- done, sick of it, wanted
1: to change. <laughs> Actually, what happened was uh, I came into the family business uh, from college, and it was my grandfather, my father, my uncle, and they were have they had a nice, profitable business, small business, uh, about a dozen employees, and they were making money every year, year over year, but they didn't really have any growth.
2: Okay. So
1: I began to really make a push, and what I did was I was able to take the company from three quarters of a million dollars a year back in the 1980s, which was. Which was a nice sized company back sure. then for a small business, and I grew it to ten million dollars.
0: Wow, that's awesome!
1: And yeah, we had one hundred and seventy five employees at that time, and we were we incorporated uh, systems like uh, I think we were one of the first companies to have a TRS eighty, which was an old Radio Shack <laughs> computer. That's awesome for our account our accounts receivable and our order processing, and it wasn't even like there was software off the shelf. We had to like hire a systems analyst and a manager to come in here and custom program everything.
2: Wow!
1: And it was, I'm, I'm thinking back that we had those big, I think it was like five and a quarter disks
2: floppy. Yeah, discs.
0: yeah, yeah totally. Was,
1: yeah. So, so uh, it was a lot of fun back there. In fact, I remember once uh, the billing department was sitting there and they like build 20 invoices. They had to pop out the floppy disk and put another floppy disk to build the next twenty invoices. <laughs> so you know we're a far cry from there. But to make a long story short, uh, I got the internet bug around nineteen ninety eight. Okay, uh, when things were coming online dot coms, and I wanted to transform the family business into a technology business.
0: Okay, was well, being able to? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry? No, go ahead.
1: And so we were we were saying how can we take our products that we were selling through catalog and mail or company and put that online. Interesting. And so, so I said, okay, let's 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 figure this out. And um, we we sort of mapped out a plan. And I connected with a gentleman who was the developer of the technology, which has now which then became a company called Art.com.
2: Okay, and art.com
1: is the, lar- the largest online uh, framed uh, poster company probably in the world. And so we started talking, and I said, how can I be able to have an artist take a digital photo? Again, this is 1998, 1999, where cameras weren't even a megapixel. Sure. And we wanted them to take a photo of their, say, watercolor drawing, be able to upload it to a website, uh, be able to preview with the mat board, the colored mat board around the picture right. and the frame around the mat board and select from the hundreds of styles that we had and then size it right on the screen and then be able to order the complete product shipped directly to their studio so they had the original artwork and we would produce and we would ship them the shell, the frame and the mat and the glass and everything like a kit and sure. uh, so we, st- so we started talking and I connected with a good friend of mine who was senior business development, VP of business development for eBay. He had been a previous client in one of my, uh, in, in one of my businesses. And he said, I don't like that direction. You should fly out to California. And I'm from New York. So I said, okay, I'll fly out to California. <laughs> okay. and we sat for, we, we sat for a day in his in his home uh, near Palo Alto. And he said, I think we need to change the model. He said, digital photography is going to be getting really big. There are companies like Snapfish and Shutterfly were just launching that. Sure. He said, instead of doing custom framing, let's do photo framing. Let People have, a, have their, their photos from their digital camera and they're going to upload it. They upload it to Shutterfly. They, then they're ordering prints. Let's give them a frame option. So we, we basically pivoted. Uh, into that concept. The next night, he took me to his angel group. They didn't even call it an angel group back then. They called it like an investment group.
0: Okay. And he
1: took me into eBay at 8 p.m. at night in front of 11 executives.
0: That's amazing. And
1: we, and we, walked, we walked out of there that night with an $850,000 commitment for funding. Wow. They basically went around the table and one guy said, 25, I'm in for 25. The guy said, I'm, I'm in for 10, I'm in for 50. And so we, we basically moved forward to a model where we were gonna build the infrastructure or the API, they didn't even call it an API back then, sure. for companies like Snapfish and Shutterfly and Kodak who are all trying to push towards an online photo business. And now we were, ten, we were probably 10 years ahead of our time. Sure. And to make, to make a long story shorter, we built the tools, spent a crazy amount of money Uh, At two o'clock in the morning, finally, when we launched the product and Snapfish was our first partner, it would take them about two hours to transfer a one and a half to two megapixel file through the Internet in high resolution so that we can print it and frame it and ship it out to grandma. Wow. And unfortunately, at the end of the day, the market just wasn't ready for it. And so we were doing like $200 a day. And the beautiful dot-com that we thought was going to be gangbusters became, you know, a dot-bomb. Okay. So uh, in that time period, by the way, I made the leap from going from the family business because my dad didn't know much about technology other than checking his stocks on AOL.com. So he didn't really want to put any money, invest any time in the business. So I actually branched out and I learned a lot about technology and how to use it in business uh, during that, during that very expensive, uh, uh, educational time for me in my life.
0: Sure. But, but it was you, you learned tons, fun. right? And you, uh, yeah, like you said, you had a blast. I did.
1: So yeah, so I did. So after that, what happened was, I mean, now it's 2001 and I get a call from Eula Packard. Okay. And Eula Packard had heard about me because we had, we had press, we were in, we were on TV with our product. Our company was called photoframes.com and uh, we were written up in magazines. So we had really good press. And they said, we want to launch a product that's based off our new large format printers. And they, you know, I don't know if you know, you go into FedEx Office or you go into Office Depot Print, and, you know, you see large format printers that sure. print 24 by 36. Back then, it wasn't mainstream. Okay. And they were pr- trying to prove the model to the printers to buy their machines. And they were having a rough time doing it. So they wanted to build an online model where people can order posters on demand okay, and have it shipped to them. Okay. And so I had, guess they had found me out and thought I was the industry expert. So they contracted me as a consultant for six months and we built and launched a product with a their partner called Excited Home. Excited okay. Home is no longer a business, but uh, it was huge. They had, a, I think, a database of thousands and thousands of, Museum poster images, and okay. so we built a system, a website where a, c- a consumer can go online, pick a Van Gogh poster from whichever museum, place the order with a black frame around it, and they would get their printed poster in a frame shipped to them within you know a week. That's cool, yeah, and so basically the rest of my rest of my path has been in consulting and startup businesses. Uh, through through the period until two years ago, when my 18 year old son, my then 18 year old son, was sitting on the couch one day and he's watching the Super Bowl. And I see, you know, what's the one time a year that everybody watches TV commercials?
0: Sure.
1: Is the Super Bowl. Of
0: course.
1: So yeah. I see. Somebody watch in the between. Super
0: Bowl for the commercials. <laughs> so,
1: you're absolutely correct. And there, there are websites about that too. Sure. So. So Yosef sitting on the couch, my son Yosef is sitting on the couch, and I see him tweeting, texting, Facebook messaging. I said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm on a chat with about 22 of my friends, and they all want to know which commercials I like. Okay. So I'm telling him which commercials I like. And then he says to me, you know, Pop, how much is CBS getting for that commercial from GoDaddy? And there was a 30-second commercial. It was two years ago, and I said to him, "I think they're getting four million dollars." And back by, by, uh, coincidentally, this year, it's up to five million dollars for a 30-second spot. Wow! So he says, "He said, well, I just told 22 of my friends that they should check out GoDaddy.com and they should buy themselves domain names. So I want GoDaddy to send me a check for a dollar apiece for sure. a referral, like an affiliate." And so something snapped, you know, and a little, little light. Light, you know flashed, you know a little light bulb went off. And we started to come up with the concept say how do we validate to advertisers that consumers are watching their commercials are engaging their commercials? How do they re- measure the return on investment on watching a TV commercial? Because if anybody's ever sitting on a couch watching their their primetime show and all of a sudden if they're not DVRing it, and they're sitting on the couch and they're not going to the kitchen for a snack or if they're not going to the bathroom for a break during the commercial break, the, the 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 networks are showing between a dozen and 18 commercials in a commercial break. And the first one could be for pizza. Second one could be for a car company. Third third company could be for Viagra. Sure. And they don't really, really know who's sitting on the couch at that particular time.
0: Very much so, yeah.
1: So we said with mobile... And with a camera, we know who's sitting on the couch.
0: Okay, interesting. We can
1: identify who the demographic profile is of our audience. We can marry the advertiser to the consumer, and we can create an action so the consumer likes what they've seen, they can click somewhere, and it can go back to the advertiser as a return on their investment.
0: Okay, very cool. So, And
1: that's, and th- that's how Jingle was born.
0: Okay, interesting. So... Did you, obviously, like you had to build the platform out. Did you self-fund it? Did you raise some money? Or, or walk me through kind of the early stages of saying, okay, like your son's on the couch and now you had to like build this
1: thing. Sure. So what we did was we actually partnered with a company out of Miami Beach called Rocker Labs. They're called a co-builder.
2: Yep. And what they do
1: is, you as an as an entrepreneur, you want to pitch your idea. So you pitch your idea and... They decide if it's something that's worthwhile, they want to spend time with you on. And when they do, we spent approximately four months with them okay. doing some strategy, uh, doing some investigating on the marketplace, on really understanding if there's an opportunity here, even before we decided we were going to launch the business. Okay. And so we, we, we did a lot of that. And we, just, we, we basically vetted the idea and mitigated the risk and decided it was worthwhile moving forward. And once we did that, we raised some funds from family and friends,
2: Okay.
1: Uh, also got in some loans, and we started to build out the MVP, the minim- Minimum Viable Product. Okay. And we, so it took us from the time we pitched the idea the first day till we actually started mapping out the app and the platform and the UI and the UX and everything else. I want to say close to 15 months. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it wasn't an easy time to raise capital for concept. Sure. So unless, and this was not an inexpensive product to build. Okay. And it's still not an inexpensive product to maintain. So uh, we raised some decent money and we started the process.
0: Okay. And so you, you guys recently launched, um, when, when was that exactly that you guys launched?
1: We soft launched in the middle of May. Okay. And so we just uploaded it. We're on, we're on the uh, App Store for iOS,
0: okay. for Apple. Yeah.
1: Uh, we're mapping out an Android version right now. Okay. And the first few months was pretty much my son's uh, network of friends at university. Okay, Testing it, friends and family. And only recently in the last couple of weeks have we started to market the product.
2: Okay. This way, we
1: had time to tweak it, uh, and you know, and understand what the audience uh, habits were and so forth. Sure.
0: So, are you still working with Rocker Labs then, or are you guys kind of on your own now, or or how does that relationship work?
1: Uh, we're we're still we're still a partner with Rocker. Uh, they own they own a piece of our company. It's part of sort of their business model. Right. And uh, we're also branching out a little bit and working with uh, other developers. Okay. To build new features and so forth. Okay. So, but
0: oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, but Rocker doesn't run the business. Rocker's really more of a support. So, you know, if we need uh, some, in- let's say we need some, you know. Uh, marketing support. If I contact them and I need to tap into their resources, you know they're a great resource. But if I I can do marketing on my own or or you know any other social media and so forth, you know we don't need to work with Rocker as it relates to to those uh, requirements.
0: Sure. No, that that makes sense. Um, do you have a release date when Android's coming out, or is it still too early to tell?
1: Uh, we we hope that what's today today is November third. We're hoping that we will have the Android app uh, before the holidays.
0: Oh, okay. Wow. So pretty quick here. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. Okay. So you kind of covered exactly. Um, well, you covered quickly what kind of jingles is. But so I watch these ads based on my interests. Then, kind of, what happens?
1: So let me just take a step back for a, ke- sure. a second, Kevin. Sure. So the biggest pain facing advertisers today is are people really watching those little annoying mobile video ads that pop up on YouTube before you see your content? Sure. Okay, studies have shown that probably more than 95% of people who are watching, uh, who are looking at Facebook or are on YouTube and other publisher websites or I should say apps, and they get, this pop, they get a pop-up video is they'll skip it or they'll close out the window. Mm-hmm. So what Jingles has done is we've created a solution where if you've got your mobile phone in your hand and you turn on Jingles and there's uh, a few choices of video ads to watch from, okay. you start watching the video and if you turn your head away from the screen, the video pauses. Oh, interesting. When you turn, when you turn back, the video resumes. If you lower the volume while you're watching the video, the video pauses. Okay. If you, when you increase it, it resumes. So what we do for the advertisers, we verify that a user will watch the entirety of an ad, and it, it basically it's a guaranteed delivery of a commercial. Gotcha. Now, as a consumer, as a consumer, what is the benefit for me to do that? Because I skip ads on YouTube, I sure. skip ads on Facebook, right? So what we did was we want to prove the model out, so we created the Jingles Jackpot, okay. and what the Jingles Jackpot is is you watch a commercial uh, say between three o'clock and four o'clock in the afternoon, you are entered into a four o'clock drawing where you're guaranteed to win cash. Okay. So the way it works is you watch you watch one video ad, you get one entry into the hourly jackpot. I watch a vi- video ad, I get an entry into the same jackpot. Five thousand other people watch a video ad, they get entered into the jackpot. The, the jackpot is determined by the number of users that have joined that particular game. Right. So if there are 5,000 users, there's X amount of money into the jackpot. That jackpot now sits, and at 4 o'clock, the drawing is randomly held, all done by algorithm, which determines that, Kevin, you're in first place. By the way, congratulations. <laughs> and sure. Aaron, Aaron, you're in last place. You're 5,000th. Okay. But every single person from... First position all the way through through five thousandth position wins something. It's totally based on a on a on a, on a uh, point system that distributes the rewards. It's a reward, and you might win on that contest fifty dollars, and I might win two cents. Got you. But every, everybody wins something, and they accumulate it. And within the app itself, it, to, it keeps a total of your reward points. We call them coin. Okay. And as soon as you hit, as soon as you hit two hundred coin, which is the equivalent of two dollars, there's a little redeem button. You hit redeem, it takes you to our redemption page within the app, and you just have your email address, password for PayPal, and it deposits the money directly into your PayPal account.
0: Okay, very cool.
1: And at the same time, it's a bit for us. It's business intelligence because now we. We're collecting data about you, you know, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, ultimately, future features will be when you go to cash out, we'll say, hey, Kevin, <clears throat> Pepsi or Coke? Sure. Jiff or Skippy. Right. And you, you'll answer and we'll collect that data and then the advertisers will be able to target their audiences based on the audience providing their own demographic details about themselves.
0: Right. Okay. No, that makes and, sense. And
1: that's... And that's Jing- that's jingles in a nutshell.
0: Sure. So the money that you guys are getting to pay people, where's that coming from?
1: So ultimately, advertisers will pay us. Okay. To show you to show you their ad. Sure. And from that advertising revenue, we are contributing contributing a certain amount of money to the to the contests.
0: Got you. Okay. Yeah, and it's, that makes
1: it's, sense. It's, yeah.
0: And then they can – and then you're giving them potentially or selling back to them like intelligence based on like a target demographic. And then they can make, you know, changes to their ads or they can make new ads based on, you know, that business intelligence and data, right?
1: Absolutely. So let's say you were a political candidate. Okay. Okay. And you wanted to target 20 different audiences. In theory, you can create 20 different creative messages. Right and then upload it to jingles, and then, you know, have it played to this particular ad gets played to this particular demographic, and that ad is that demographic, dem- demographic. So, you know, you have, you can really, really, ultimately, as we grow the audience and we have a sizable audience, it's really becomes uh, almost a portal for advertisers to connect with consumers.
0: Sure. It's almost like A-B
1: testing for them, right? Like it's
0: more than, right? It's a- A-B testing for their ads, kind of? And focus they grouping? Could do, they,
1: well, they can do that too, but let's say they want to target a message for women between the ages of 25 and 32 that are married with one child. Sure. Right, so they can test that and see how that performs. And then they want to do the same thing to 25, 32 with single women and right. see how that performs. But they can, they can tweak their advertisements. And what they can do is, this can really help save a lot of money too because one of the most expensive commercials in history of Super Bowl was this past year was a toe fungal uh, uh cream commercial okay they said it was the worst commercial ever and the company spent two million dollars to create the ad
0: wow and they
1: spent ten million dollars for two 30 second commercial spots wow now had we been available to them and we had a sizable audience back then we could they could have come to us and said hey guys we want to see how this test performs so they could have said we want to target five thousand jinglers, sure. and they could have filmed the whole thing on an iPhone or an Android, uploaded it, tested the audience. We could have sent out a survey, and 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 we could have you know obviously we would have we would have you know the, the audience would would opt in because they'd get some kind of benefit for providing survey answers. Totally. So everybody, and then they could have tested their commercial. And, and, not inexpensively. Spend mil? <laughs> and not, and that's well, they could have spent, they could have probably spent, we might have charged them, let's say, five dollars a consumer for that. They could have spent 25 grand. Okay. And maybe they would have repositioned their commercial to have a different message. Got you.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Right. Like, and then they could have maybe spent that 12 million and had a successful campaign. Right.
1: Oh, absolutely. Without yeah. a question.
0: That's very cool. So I, I guess, um, I'm, I'm curious. You're, you're rolling out an Android version, um, you're rolling out kind of a bunch of stuff, but you kind of mentioned to me that you guys are looking to, to raise a little bit more money, um, to obviously build out the platform more. What did you kind of have in mind for kind of future features that you're looking to add within the next like six to 12 months?
1: Okay, so one of the features that we're looking to build out is be able to uh, capture emotion
0: oh interesting from the camera so
1: from their camera and again we don't we don't the camera is only in use when the jingles app is open so and users always benefit as well so we're not big brother watching uh, you know there's nothing to worry about it's really specific to our ability to pause a video or pause the audio know that you know that you're actually engaged in the advertisement Uh, and the same thing in motion so let's say coca-cola is playing the concept is let's say playing, you know, Coca-Cola is playing the commercial to you and within 12, 12 seconds into the ad, there was something that made you laugh. Okay. While you're watching the ad, we capture that emotion.
0: Gotcha. Or
1: something made you cry. We captured that emotion. So now Coca-Cola, their marketing could measure all that data from a large, you know, a large audience population. And then they can decide how they want to move forward with creating ads in the future. Another feature, again, everything that we want to do is we want, to, we want it to be a win-win for, for everyone. It has to be a win-win for the advertiser. It has to be a win-win for the consumer. So for the consumer, you know, A, there might be offers. So for example, let's say you, you've accumulated $10 worth of rewards. And we're showing you an advertisement from Nordstrom's sure. or Macy's. Uh, and Nordstrom's and Macy's are smart in using the Jingles platform, and they're instead of showing you a commercial or a video ad that's just a generic ad, they might be targeting women uh, and a particular color of a new lipstick. Okay. So they'll have the ad, the consumer will watch the ad, the jingler will watch the ad, get entered into the contest, and then they'll land on uh, Macy's uh, product page. Okay. And that product page will, will be for that product that the edges showed. And then the consumer, the, the, the user will be able to purchase that product with their Jingles Rewards.
0: Oh, interesting. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to expand out to the redemption. So you can put cash in your bank account through PayPal. You can buy products. We want to add a charity button, so if, as you accumulate rewards, you might want to just donate the money to a charity of your choice, sure. that you define. And then also, share rewards within the Jingles community with your friends.
0: That makes sense. Like, like you could send them a gift,
1: almost? Exactly. And then you can buy gift cards through the app, and so forth. So it's really, it's a combination of, of rewards, and being able to, to purchase products, services, whatever
0: sure sure that makes sense um and we kind of mentioned earlier that you guys are looking to raise around um how soon are you guys looking to raise around and kind of you don't have to give me a number value but just maybe if anybody's interested in maybe talking to you guys about maybe making an investment do you want maybe want to just mention quickly kind of roughly what you guys are looking for some vc capital or or what you're looking for
1: sure so so we're actually we're actually a little bit of a hybrid because we we've, we've been going out for a big number, but it's really based on proof of concept and then rolling out and expanding the model. Because this is a numbers game, we're we're in up the opportunity of an exponential market. Meaning, I already know how to acquire users, and I know how much it's going to cost me to acquire users. Gotcha. So if I want a, if I want a million users in the platform, it's going to cost me millions of dollars to acquire those users. Okay. Just like Snap Snapchat, when Snapchat is raising, you know, half a billion dollars, and they're, they're not using that money for their employees to go on vacation; sure. they're using it for marketing and expansion. So, but we can build to that point too. So what we've been doing is we've been raising we've been raising some capital from friends and family now and some small angel groups, and as little as five thousand dollars and as high as uh, two hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars is sort of where our um, you know what we're looking for right now so um, sort of like an inter- intermediary um, seed round of up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars and then we'll either go for another round larger than that or uh, we'll go to a series a okay so between probably 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 between two and five million dollars sure
0: that makes sense um and then I, i'm assuming you want like you're hoping that by the end of the year kind of early into the new year
1: Yes, so uh, you know, one of the things that my grandfather, of course, came from the picture framing industry, uh, always used to tell me in an election year that it was always an, always an interesting climate. Uh, people were always a little bit weary; they didn't know who the candidate was going to was going to, you know, ultimately be elected. So he said, until the actual election date, okay, people were you know, business was always a little bit slow, a little spotty. It came and it went. He said, but once the election came and went. It didn't make a difference who the winning candidate was. It just gave everybody a sense of relief. And then the skies would open up. And he'd be right every four years.
2: Really? We noticed
1: that, you know, until t- November. Yeah. And historically, we, could go, we would go back to the picture frame business back 20 years and see that trend. Wow. So I think, it's, I think it's been the same thing for me in raising capital. It's been kind of challenging. But I believe after next week. I think the skies will open, and we've spoken to probably you know over a hundred different groups that have. That nobody said they didn't like the concept. Nobody didn't like the product. Uh, I think they're just you know waiting to see what happens with us because we're still at pre-revenue, but we're actually we're hoping that within the next two three weeks we'll start generating revenue.
0: Oh wow, that's pretty quick actually. And-
1: so if any if any of the, if any of your listeners want to contact me to talk about investment options uh, and opportunities uh, please let them know we have a package I can email to them and they don't have to worry about writing the big checks they can even get in you know on a smaller scale too
0: sure no no that makes sense so I'm curious um when we met in Florida are you currently in Florida or are you kind of in New York
1: uh, I've actually I, I live in Florida and okay. I've actually been traveling I've been traveling to New York on uh, investor meetings and presentations.
0: Okay, so you're looking to raise out in New York, not Florida, or it doesn't
1: really matter, I guess. Uh, it it doesn't really matter. I've been introduced to people out in Silicon Valley and the West Coast, and so you know, when the time is right, I'll hop on a plane there too. Sure.
0: No, that that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. In fact, in fact, in fact, in fact, you know, our user base is is across the United States. So.
0: Sure.
1: It's not just, it's not a Florida-based, com- you know, Florida-heavy, intensive com- uh, user base.
0: Right. Are you guys um, going to expand outside of North America at some point, or are you already, or how does that really work?
1: So we've, we've been in discussions with companies outside of the United States already, okay. three different countries, and we're, I mean, we're in discussions. The way we built the platform in the back end is we can do any currency, any language, Uh, currency doesn't even have to be money Uh, people can can build out our back end and and they can use it for a point system to buy products so it can be anything.
0: Okay, no that that makes a lot of sense Um, but we're kind of coming to the end of the show so maybe let's close the show with mentioning where people can get more information and uh, find you guys online?
1: Sure, they can visit jingles.info that's J I N is a Nancy G is George L is in Larry Z is in Zebra. Dot Info. That's right. our uh, basically landing website right now. And have people can feel free to call me directly or email me. My email address is Aaron A A R O N at jingles Again, J I N G L Z dot net A A R O N. And my number is nine one seven eight nine two three five four five. Again, nine one seven eight nine two three five four five. Feel free to text me and tell me that you you know, you found out about me on Kevin's show.
0: Perfect. Well, Aaron, I, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and uh, you know, hopefully I see you at the Startup Expo. Uh,
1: hopefully we'll be there. I look forward to seeing you again, Kevin. Thank you very much. Perfect for the time today.
0: All right. Have a good rest of your day. We'll talk soon.
1: Take care. Okay, Bye-bye. Bye bye.
0: Thanks for listening. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. And keep them for the future.